What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Keeping Up with the Commanders. Today, we have a great episode. It is game week here in the NFL. The games that actually matter start this week. We've got the Washington Commanders up against the Jacksonville Jaguars at FedEx Field. We've got a great episode planned. We got Scott Jackson, a freelance broadcaster and uh, writer. He's going to be coming on a little bit later. But before that, I want to give my thoughts on the game and what I think Washington needs to do here to beat this Jacksonville team which is pretty young, and coming into it, we're having a very similar situation as the situation we had last year with the season opener when we played Justin Herbert and the Chargers. Both Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence, or uh, at the time, I guess, were entering their second year in the NFL. Justin Herbert, of course, his second year in the NFL last year turned out pretty well. And then now, Trevor Lawrence, after him struggling in his rookie season, partly because of his coaching staff, he now has a definitely an upgrade at coach because anyone really would be an upgrade over Urban Meyer and Doug Peterson. So now Trevor Lawrence is looking to improve in his second year and make that second year leap that we've seen quarterbacks in the past like Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert make in the last few seasons. So I think that really we got to limit Je Trevor Lawrence here if we want to win this game because last year, Justin Herbert, when we played the Chargers that season opener, he threw for 337 yards. That's not great, okay? So I definitely think we're going to need to limit Trevor Lawrence. And if we don't, you're going to hear me talk about this a little bit later too. Uh, it's going to be pretty bad for that coaching staff, especially that defensive coordinator, Jack Del Rio, who's already been struggling throughout the preseason to stop off, like backup offenses and third-string offenses. So now with a first-string offense that really impressed in the preseason with Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, uh, guys like Evan Ingram, Christian Kirk. If we don't stop them, it's it's not going to look good for the rest of the season when we're going to have to face guys like the Cowboys offense and the Vikings and the Eagles offenses. So I, it's just not going to look great if we get off to a bad start here against Jacksonville because Jacksonville, we, I'm just going to go out here and say it, they're one of the lesser opponents in terms of skill and terms of, and in terms of win probability. We probably have a higher chance of being dumb out of a lot of the other teams that we're going to come down to play, even though we have one of the easiest schedules in the NFL. I would think here for the goal for the Washington offense, I, I talked about the defense, but here on the Washington offense is to ma maintain a great run game because uh, – the, the one weakness on that defense, which has a lot of young players like uh, Trayvon Walker, Foyseda Oluokun, I mean, there's some guys on that team who are sneaky good, but I do believe their one weakness is right up the middle. If we just ground and pound it every single play or most plays on first and second down, being able to pick up four, five, six yards on first down and then finishing things up on second down or making it second and one, second and two. So then we can take a shot downfield and we have that basically extra chance and we can take that risk on second down without possibly being able to punt on the next play. I think if Washington's able to ground and pound it, we get over, I would say, maybe 150, 160 rushing yards on the ground. We will win this game. It's just if Carson Wentz doesn't make bad decisions against Doug Peterson and that, that defense, um, throwing some picks and stuff, I think the run game could, or the passing game could really complement the run game if we focus on the run game. I'd like to see us not get behind early so then and we stay ahead or we maintain the uh, pace of the game and the tempo because uh, if we can get the ball on the ground and we can focus on that run game, the passing game I think will definitely improve because you're going to find holes in that defense with the passing game as they're going to run commit on some plays. I mean, I, I think there's a definitely a good chance to win if we get over 150, 160, 170 rushing yards on the ground. 
And speaking of rushing, Antonio Gibson, of course, the horrible stuff that happened to Brian Robinson getting shot, of course. He's probably going to come back, though. It looks like, uh, hopefully, this saw at some point in this season, he was put on the NFI list, the non-football injury list. So he's going to be out for the first four games of the season. So Antonio Gibson, he's going to be your featured back. And we've seen it in the preseason. He's fumbled. Um, he, he fumbled quite a lot last year. He fumbled in the preseason. He's fumbled in training camp and in practices. He's going to need to take care of the football because if he starts his fumbling problem again in week one, we don't really have a power back after that. We have Jonathan Williams, who made the 53-man roster, and then Jared Patterson, who made the uh, practice squad, I believe. Yeah, I believe he's going to come back for the practice squad. So besides that, I J.D. McKissick, he's more of a passing third down back. Um, if we lose Antonio Gibson, that running back room is looking very, very thin, and that's not great. Going back to the defense, I think we definitely need to apply some apply some pressure. It's going to be Brandon Sheriff's uh, Brandon Sheriff's return back to Washington. Of course, we lost him in the offseason. We franchise tagged him last year. Um, we couldn't get a long term deal done with him. Uh, former top ten pick, I believe, uh, back in twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen or something like that. But he was he's been on Washington's side for a long time. One of the better offensive guards in uh the game of one of the better right guards in the game right now so if if uh if we can just get past him somehow maybe the defense knows some things about sheriff that um because he's coming from this team maybe we know some extra stuff about him so that we can get uh apply some pressure on trevor lawrence because if trevor lawrence has all day in the pocket the pass i'm not really trusting our secondary right now as who really struggled even the starters like bobby mccain Cam Curl, Kendall Fuller, William Jackson, uh, BSJ. I mean, it, it was pretty bad um, uh, in that secondary. So I don't really trust him. Even with got, with a wide receiver one of being Christian Kirk and your tight end one being Evan Ingram, I think Ingram could be a sneaky guy, especially if the linebackers struggle. Ingram could go for 70, 80 yards here in this game against uh, Washington, and I wouldn't really be that surprised. And going back to applying pressure, we're going to need to apply pressure because for these next few games, week two against the Lions, week three against the Eagles, and week four against the Cowboys, we know Chase Young is not going to be playing for those four. And then the fifth game, I forgot who we're going to play week five, but then week six on the short week is going to be the Bears. And so Chase Young probably won't come back until week seven is what it's looking like. So we're going to need to learn how to apply pressure. We have three other first rounders on that off uh, on the defensive line for a reason they need to do stuff with a chase on gone because if they don't our defense is in a lot of trouble all right well that's going to do it for me now i'm going to go to the interview here with scott jackson here we go with that being said i'd like to welcome scott jackson to the podcast Jack, scott jackson he's a freelance broadcaster he's worked with 106.7 he's worked with the commanders radio network and for him, this game upcoming here this week between the Jacksonville Jaguars and Washington Commanders is like two worlds colliding as earlier uh, about when the Jaguars were starting up. He worked with them, and so this is kind of like two worlds from colliding. I know this game means something to you because, of course, he worked in Jacksonville for quite some time. What What is it like starting with a um, new franchise and the Jaguars who were just starting up as an NFL team what was it like reporting on them and basically working with them as they were just first starting up? It was interesting because I had no connection to the city. Um, it was probably the perfect place to go as a young broadcaster to, to start anew because it's difficult, um, you know, especially in t- the talk sports format, to be mm-hmm. places where you don't have a history with the with the city and with the 
the teams and you know it was a brand new team so it was literally a year into it i'm coming in and uh, i came in mid-season our station started mid-season the team was not very good at that time and then lo and behold our station starts going uh getting up here and the season yeah. started getting good so it was really like the perfect timing for in terms of a business model for them uh our, our one of our our news talk station was a flagship so we also carried the games did pre and post game shows and did the, you know daily talk shows and mm-hmm. it was very jaguar centric so it was, it was great timing it was a lot of fun I mean, it's so different down there now. I mean, I think I've been back one time yeah. since since then. I mean, I have friends that still work in the market, but you know, I, my, my my oldest son was was actually born there, but we were we literally left like five months, six months later, or whatever it was. I think it's more like mm-hmm. eight months anyway. So, you know, we don't have a real real connection to it anymore. And you know, obviously, the team, the franchise is so different. I mean, for a while yeah. there, when Tom Coughlin was brought back, I kind of felt a little nostalgia about what they were doing because yeah. you know, worked when Tom was there, but you know, now they're, it's such a different group. And you know, although I think there uh, looks like they could be headed in the right direction, but who knows? I mean, I feel like we've been in these different spots here with the Jags, but certainly after urban Meyer, I mean, anything's going to be, an yeah. upgrade, it feels like. Yeah, that was definitely uh, quite an interesting hire and season last year for Jacksonville. But I want to go back to the beginning when things first started, there was a surprisingly a great amount of success in Jacksonville in the first in their first few years as a franchise with Mark Brunel, Fred Taylor, Jimmy Smith. The Jaguars made the playoffs in four out of their first five seasons. Who do you think was the biggest reason for the success uh, so early, or what do you think was the biggest su- reason for success? Well, I mean, you got to give it to Tom Coughlin. I mean, he was um, he was not beloved, much like you, you heard the same stories with the Giants when he first got there. I mean, his way, and I don't know. Well, I do know because obviously he tried to do it again in Jacksonville and it didn't work and it rubbed people the wrong way. But say I don't know sure it works to, in today's NFL. Um, yeah. But he uh, he definitely he had a he had a, an idea in his head of what a culture is supposed to look like, mm-hmm. uh, how it was supposed to be. Um, they were very aggressive in free agency. They were you know they were okay at it. I mean they they had some big hits. They also had a lot of misses. Um, they you know but but he was the architect of all that. I mean you know he was the one who. He made it all work. He, he had good stabs, co- coaching staffs over the years. He had, yeah. always seemed to have good offense coordinators. They seem to be one of these teams. I mean, Mark Rinell missed, you know, missed some games throughout his career there, and, and usually they won uh, when he missed games. I mean, they, in the early years at least, I mean, they were good whenever the backups played. They had an ability to plug and play and, and, and be, a, be a quality team, I and mean, they had a good system in place there, and they had good skilled people. So, I mean, you know, him, his fingerprints are all over that. I mean, he, he deserves the majority of success for – you know, whether it's drafting Sonny Vaselli or you know, acquiring Brunel, getting Jimmy Smith, yeah. Cardinal, all the guys in expansion draft. And, and people have to remember, too, I mean, back then when they had that, that expansion draft for them and the Carolina Panthers, they, those, those teams were really set up for success early um, because they were starting with a blank slate with a salary cap. And, you know, the, when the, by the time the Texans came around, that, that system was no longer in place yeah. for a reason because they did, they thought, oh, this is way too easy. We made this way too easy to do guys here. Yeah. We can't have that again. So uh, they they tweaked the rules uh, of expansion after that. And uh, the Texans, unfortunately, <laughs> did yeah. not get the benefit of the Jags and the Panthers who were both in the championship game in year two uh, for both of them. Yeah, it was uh, – we've seen it today uh, or like in the last few seasons as well with the NHL and the Golden Knights, now the Kraken and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to start off the franchise, but, I mean, the Golden Knights did it one of their first years as well. They made it to the finals, so. Yeah, it's... yeah, and then, you know, years past expansion teams just stayed in purgatory forever uh, with, with these leagues, and I think, you know, the NFL is trying to do something different. 
that year with the Jags and the uh, and the Panthers, and, and then they realized no, we made it too easy, and a lot of people, a lot of other teams were not happy about that. So let them, you know, have that success that early, mm-hmm. uh, or was you know they could just overspend so much in free agency at that time because again they had a blank salary gap, you know. Yeah. So they uh, they they had to you know change that with the Texans and. Obviously, it made it a little bit more challenging for them. But, you know, it, look, they were a good team. Um, they did a nice job. Even, you know, and Jack Del Rio was there they had a couple of good years. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're, we're competitive. Obviously, they had that one year not too long ago where the playoffs, you know, you know, heck with uh, you know, Blake Bortles got him in the championship yeah. game, you know. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was a really good defense that year. You know, Leonard Fournette was a good running attack. And, you know, a few years later, obviously, they're back to picking first overall again. Yeah. It's uh, been a crazy last few seasons for Jacksonville. And here, I mean, this upcoming game, you have Trevor Lawrence entering his second year. And also for Washington, it's a new quarterback as well with uh, Carson Wentz. Who do you think will have the biggest performance in this one? Will it be Trevor Lawrence, the second-year player, or will it be Carson Wentz, the veteran? Well, i, I got to be honest with you. If it's Trevor Lawrence we're talking about, it's probably not a good sign for Jack Del Rio's uh, job security. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, Trevor Lawrence was okay last year. He played better, obviously, down the stretch when Urban Meyer got out of the way. But, I mean, mm-hmm. You know, this this Washington defense cannot afford to make anybody uh, like, you know, a second-year quarterback who, again, is not Justin Herbert or is not, uh, you know, that level look good uh, on the home field in week one. I mean, they've, they've got to really get after him. Um, they, they can't have that happening. If that happens, it's not good for Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and Carson, I mean, he's going to learn it for a while. It sounds like they still want to be very much a <clears throat> runner-oriented team. Yeah. Take some of the pressure off him, kind of the things. You heard last year Frank Reich and in Indy, but they also have a lot of pieces on the outside. You know, I think if if uh, Carson makes the right decisions and gets the ball out of his hands and mm-hmm. uh, can take the big shots and they give him the opportunity to take them, I, I think he could be good. But you know, the whole thing with Carson has always been, you know, how's he going to handle adversity? And uh, I don't know. I mean, I've, you know, everybody's saying all the right stuff right now, and that's great because we haven't played a real game and and everything. And we'll, we'll see. I mean, he's got a lot of talent. He's the most talented quarterback they've had here in a long time. Yeah. That's for sure. I mean, he's got all the he's got all those things going for him. Uh, it's the intangibles that uh, are the things that have hurt him. You know that you talk about with quarterbacks and leadership and these kind of things. I'll just say this: I mean, the little bit we've gotten from him so far, I think he's been he's everything you would expect him uh, to be for a guy who's probably down to his last shot of being a for surefire starting quarterback mm-hmm. uh, in the league. I think he's he's said everything right. He's handled everything right. He doesn't get caught up in the back and forth with the Colts or the Eagles or whatever, you know, like it's the yeah. water under the bridge. You can't do anything about it. So just learn from it and get better. And I hope he does. You know, I think he, I think he's a good person. I, mean, I think he's a good guy. He's trying to do the right things, but it doesn't mean he's always handled things correctly. And I'm sure, you know, some weird parts of his circumstance that he, he'd like to point out to us, but <laughs> that, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. what's the point of it? It doesn't matter. Those teams have thought for me. So here I am. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I mean, if we don't let if we don't let Trevor Lawrence have the greatest of games, it it would probably be for the better. If if he doesn't pass for like three hundred yard or so yards and three touchdowns, that'd be pretty great. But um, or you got to turn him over a lot, right? I mean, you yeah. can have a guy throw for greater yards than you, but if he throws three picks or sack five times or whatever, they probably win in the game. You know, mm-hmm. this is one of those things they've got to. They can't, uh, you know, get Antonio Gibson is obviously going to have to play here. As a starter, yeah. he just can't move. He can't turn the ball over, and Carson can't turn the ball over. They they got to play a clean game. I mean, the margin for error is very thin, especially in Week One, where everybody's just trying to feel out each other. Nobody's really had much of a preseason. Jacksonville kind of you know, they let Lawrence lose in one game. You know, the Commanders obviously yeah. uh, you know let Carson play a little bit more in that second game against Kansas City and do a whole heck of a lot. But you know, it's all right. I mean, they had 
had a lot of different pieces in and out in that game. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's, it's a yeah. tough thing with the NFL now with, when teams decide not to really use the preseason except for kind of a way just to uh, figure out the depth of the roster and they're just mm-hmm. kind of going through the motions because they're so fearful of injury. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's going to be a pretty big game week one. All right, here, my last question. Last night I was watching the Utah-Florida game. I'm a huge Florida Gators fan. And you could tell the weather was definitely getting to Utah players. There was many players like puking and stuff on the sidelines. Was that ever a factor in games in Jacksonville, especially for the first few weeks when it's close to the summer and it's very humid? Yeah, absolutely. It's terrible. I mean, um, even though October, it could be really horrifically mm-hmm. hot down there. And these teams in the Northeast would come down there. You could see it in the uh, late parts of the games. I remember, I think it was New England a couple times in October. One year it was New England. And I'm trying to think of 49ers came in one year. It was got awful humid and yeah. <laughs> they struggle with that as well. You know, you don't get that in Northern California. Yeah. You definitely have to deal with that. Um, you know, the swamp is called the, you know, it's yeah. well, well named because it really feels like that in there. And, and they even play these evening games sometimes, you know, I would just go to the six o'clock. So they had a lot of six o'clock starts back in the day and it, yeah. and it was still awful. I mean, it, it was yeah. like thick out there and if you're not used to training it. I don't know how you simulate it, especially, you know, Utah's got their own, things that, that are challenging for opponents like the obviously the, the elevation and stuff like that but it, it's got to be hard for them to just pop mm-hmm. in there uh like that especially in a tough game tight game but you know they handled it pretty well i mean they almost they almost pulled it out uh, you know big big play obviously late for the gators on defense yeah it was definitely uh, as a gators fan my heart was racing the entire the entire <laughs> final drive that was yeah. uh definitely a roller coaster but yeah, thank you for big, coming big on the win for Coach Napier. Yeah, very yeah, big big time win, uh, for sure. All right, well, thank you for coming on the podcast. It was great having you on. Is there anything else you'd like to say? No, I just uh, hopefully you, you know you follow the commander. So if there's something good stuff, some good mm-hmm. stuff to talk about each week. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they they got to set up uh, where they could have a fast start, but they got to sustain it. We'll see if they can even do that fast start part of it. I think there's a lot of. Uh, a lot of people, uh, you know, hoping for the best, but also a little bit concerned uh, as the season gets ready. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Hopefully, we get off to a good start. Thank you for coming on. This is Scott Jackson. Thank you guys for watching or listening to another episode of Keeping Up with the Commanders. It is game week. I am so excited for this one. I'm going to be going to the season opener against the Jaguars. I can't wait. Uh, I do want to say though, before uh, this episode ends, is that. Here in the season, it's going to be weekly episodes now, Tuesday mornings, um, 8 or 9 a.m. The episodes will come out. I I can't wait for this season. It's going to be great. Um, See you guys in the next one. Peace.